0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is BELIEVE. In the spring of 2020, the whole world was preoccupied with the outbreak of COVID-19. While we were distracted, 23-year-old Shalena Lewis of British Columbia was stalked, harassed, and unfortunately has been missing. My name is Sophia Talley and this is True Crime Annette. Before I get started in today's story, I want to bring attention to today's sponsor Anna Luisa. I always love partnering with Ana Luisa because they just produce phenomenal well-wearing jewelry pieces. I like wearing jewelry, but I often don't have time to put on jewelry in the morning. But my job involves me to be in front of the camera quite often. Either I'm teaching classes or I am traveling and doing book signings, I'm always in the public eye and I need jewelry. I need something to wear and make it look like I actually can take care of myself. So this is where Ana Luisa jewelry comes in. I will wear one of their pieces and I will wear that piece nonstop for months. I have been wearing the same set of Celeste earrings every day for months. And I've been wearing a a necklace set as well every day. I would wear it in the shower. I wear it to sleep. I wear it to go on errands, to work out. I sweat profusely in these pieces and they have yet to turn, change color, tarnish. I Highly, highly recommend Ana Luisa be on your Christmas list this year, whether you're going to gift it to somebody or whether you're buying yourself a gift. In fact, I am gifting my mom the Elio's earrings just because she is a earring snob and she refuses to leave the house without earrings. Okay, yet she has yet to do my thing where I just leave my earrings on until the end of time. My mom would take her earrings off at night and put them back on. But what I like about the Elio's earrings is that they are so comfortable to sleep in. Today, I am wearing three pieces from Ana Luisa. I have the mood ring. I'm gonna put B-roll so you can see it way clearer. Oh, gorgeous. But I'm also wearing the mood pendant necklace. I am also wearing the boa earrings and I love these because they are little snake earrings. It's so convenient for me to just leave them in and not have to think about my jewelry. And so that's perfect because if I wanna dress it up a little bit, I can rotate the snake down and it's a little dangly earring. So anyway, if you are interested in picking up jewelry for yourself from Ana Luisa, please use my coupon code KNITTER20 for 20% off. And that's in all caps. I am also going to put my special link in the description. So check that out. And let's get on with the podcast. Shaylena Megan Lewis-Brown was born in April 1997. She grew up in Old Massett, Haida Gwaii, British Columbia. And this is a small town of only 800 people. She grew up with her mother, Monica, her father, Alan, who unfortunately passed away when she was seven. And she has two brothers, Quentin and Gavin. Haida Gwaii is an absolute gorgeous Gorgeous island just off the coast of British Columbia. And it is just dense forests and lots of water. And it can be hard to navigate, but it's also a tightly knit community, with many of this community being indigenous people. And in order to leave the island, you actually have to drive your car onto a ferry to the mainland. So once you're on there, you're on there. In the spring of 2020, Shaylena was 23. And she is just a creative soul at this time in her life. She, she painted and she made beautiful earrings. She was a great thinker and honestly I believe we are kindred spirits. She would often write down her ideas, type them out in her laptop, and she was just always doing something creative. Shaylana is part of the and I hope I'm saying this right, Tulu Zaada Nee dance group in her home of Masset. And so she absolutely embraced her culture. Her mother is quoted as saying, Everything was about culture, singing, doing it right. She would ask her mom, Do you really think that, mom? Or are you just colonized? Which is just, just shows how thoughtful and how intentional Shaylana was in the way that she lived. She was just very intentional and very thoughtful in. Very connected to who she was and to her heritage. And at only 23, that is just absolutely commendable and just beautiful. Her mom says she always challenged my way of thinking and we always talked about our spirituality. And Shalina would often contemplate her spirituality on nice long walks in the morning. She'll get up early when everything's nice and quiet and she'll go on a long walk. And she was fairly athletic, and was able to walk long distances fairly quickly. Unfortunately, this beautiful creative soul was going through a rough patch. During March 2020, Shalena was unfortunately being harassed and stalked by an un named assailant. We don't know the public doesn't know anything about this person, but she was terrified of them. And it's often quoted that this person was bringing much trouble to the family. So again, we don't know what happened. But what happened was tangible enough that it was not only affecting Shalana's quality of life, but her family's quality of life. And so I wouldn't be surprised If police and family knew more about this, being an open case, the public is just unaware who this person is or what their motives are. However, history tells us that, you know, with the statistic of missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, and I've done a few episodes on this now, but history has told us that these women are at higher risk of going missing and are at higher risk of of suffering from domestic abuse. And so just using that statistic, that's just the only thing that I can, that I am thinking about at this moment. The night of March 20th, Shalena hugged her mom and just was apologizing for bringing trouble to her family. And this trouble is implied to be from the stalking situation and the harassment situation that was going on. And her mother said, you didn't bring trouble. It was here already. Unfortunately, this would be the last time that Monica would see her daughter. The next morning on March 21st, Shalena went on her normal morning walk. Now, she did wake up a little earlier than what she normally did. And unfortunately, she left her phone behind. An unnamed witness spotted Shalena walking southbound on Highway 16 by Pier Lake. And this was the last known sighting of Shalena. Shalena's mother, Monica, wasted absolutely no time and beginning the search for her daughter. That same day, when Shalena didn't come home, she immediately contacted police and the search was on. But unfortunately, as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, Shalena was reported missing around the same time that COVID-19 was starting to spread. So firstly, the news was preoccupied with a global pandemic. And at the same time, people were afraid to gather in groups to do their normal searches. However, the Massett police were on the case immediately. And within two days, they were already conducting air searches and searches with dog handlers. And they were doing ground searches. They even dragged Pure Lake where she was last seen. But unfortunately, she just was nowhere. She was gone. And mind you, this is an island. There's not a lot of places to go, but this island is heavily forested with lots of water and it's a wild. It is just, it's beautiful and wild land. And so they can be searching for her and she could be essentially, even though it's such a small area, she could essentially be anywhere. Uh, it's very, very easy to lose somebody in this environment. On March 30th, one of the searchers found a sweater that was confirmed to belong to Shalena. And they also found a piece of her backpack. And this was near Port Clements, and about 43 kilometers from where she was last seen. A week later, after her disappearance, while police was searching through her Computer and phone, they found what they believed to be a suicide note. But the family just wasn't so sure. Shalana was a prolific writer. They called her work dynamic. She documented her feelings very, very well. And so, Family did not see this particular bit of writing as a suicide note, just because of how she would, it was just her normal writing style. And and family told police, please come back to us when you have some concrete evidence like DNA or a body. And I have to agree with them on this one. Unless police have DNA or evidence, you really can't just come back with a piece of her writing and claim it's a suicide note, especially if said note wasn't left anywhere for anyone to read other than on a file on a computer that police had to extract. Like it just... Especially in a writer's case, writers write all of their emotions down and all of their feelings and all their desires and wants and dislikes and, and they write it in such a way that can be so like evoking of emotion and pain and suffering and they really capture the human suffering. And so to just see that and just say it's a suicide note, it's just... I mean, it's not concrete enough here, especially when you factor in that she was being stalked and harassed at this moment. Even if she did commit suicide, the person who stalked and harassed her is at fault here. That is the main concern here. Who is the one causing all of this trouble for her and her family. And the family believes that because this is such a tight knit community of only 800 people, and because she was being harassed by an unknown person, that there are people who know what happened to her that day. And there are people that have information. Her mother is quoted as saying, I can feel her. I just can't figure out where she is. That's why I go and look because she needs to be able to see or hear. Maybe even one person will see that missing persons poster or post on social media and might be able to make a connection to help in any way. Shalena's missing and murdered indigenous women's walk was held on May 5th, 2022. And it had a phenomenal turnout. The parking lot was packed. And those who were unable to walk were able to participate in fundraisers and raffles and a community meal. And they were just able to just spread awareness and support for Shalena and her family. Shalena is five foot seven. she weighed around 170 pounds, she had gorgeous brown hair and big brown eyes, and she is of indigenous descent. If anyone has any information about Shalena's disappearance, please contact Masset RCMP, which is their police, at 250-626-3991 or contact Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. I want to make sure that Shalena just doesn't become another number. I want her family to have as much closure as they possibly can, and I really hope that Shalena is brought home to her family. You know, just looking at her artwork and the things that she created and her mask that she would dance in, this is a very intelligent and grounded young woman whose potential is still trying to grow. And I just really hope that she is okay and that we find her safe and sound. And that is why throughout this whole podcast, I tried not to talk about her in past tense, because we just don't know. There has been sightings of her, quote unquote sightings, unfounded sightings, sightings that could not be confirmed and not really backed up by anything. But there had been sightings of women that look like her just living their life. And maybe she's doing that just to, just in hopes of her family being spared from the harassment and stalking that she was experiencing and so there is hope that she is still out there my name is Sophia tally and this has been true crime and net for more information including show notes please visit slash true crime And now it's time for my knitter mission. So today I am knitting up a storm. I so last year I knitted a sweater in front of my husband without him knowing I knitted his Christmas gift in front of him. And the whole gag was that he would never notice. And he didn't until Christmas Day when he opened up his gift. And he was like, is that for me? Even though this man watched me knit a sweater in his size and shape for an entire month and just assumed I was knitting a sweater for myself, even though we are vastly two different sized human beings in two different shapes and heights. He thought somehow I was going to wear this sweater in a 2XLT men's. How? I don't know. But... <laughs> this year I decided to press my luck and knit him another sweater without him knowing. Unfortunately, on day 4, yeah, on day 4, he asked me point blank if I was knitting his sweater and because I am absolutely the worst liar to have ever walked this earth, I said Yes, I was. And I am a little relieved that he found out because I am knitting a sweater that is not my usual go-to construction. I am knitting a top-down raglan. I'm going to put a picture here because I already had him try it on and it's not my typical top-down raglan. Usually, I alternate the way I do my raglan increases to create a more sloped arm scythe to fit my body type and most people's body types. However, my husband is square. He is shaped like a square Midwest man. So he needs his raglan shaping to be the traditional box like raglan shaping. So I had to throw out all of my charts that I usually do. And I had to knit this in the traditional way. And it's scaring me because it's looking so boxy as I'm knitting it. But then when he wears it, it looks good. So I am just not going to question it. I'm just going to go by that. I measure two of his favorite sweaters. And I am using those measurements. I'm using those measurements as my pattern. And so many of you guys, when I posted that picture yesterday, have been asking me what the pattern is for that sweater. And there isn't one. And because so many of you want to knit a quick sweater for your loved one this year, I am going to help you all out. And I'm going to write a Full blog post this week documenting how I created this sweater very clearly. So that way, if you are an adventurous knitter, you can then cast on a sweater for yourself without a pattern using your loved one's favorite sweater as a guide. You don't even need their measurements. You just honestly just need their sweater size. That's it. And I hope to have this blog post up by the end of the week so that way y'all can start knitting. I am using Chunky Yarn by Kramer Yarn. It is called Perfection Chunky and it is absolutely gorgeous. It is a 30% wool slash merino blend 70% acrylic. And honestly, the wool quality is so good that you can't even tell that there's acrylic in this blend, which is insane to me because usually when I see an acrylic blend, you can tell, okay, you can tell. But what I absolutely love about this is how soft it is. It is machine wash and dry. So perfect for my husband who is addicted to the dryer. And they have been spinning yarn in the US since 1987. And they are currently they are in Pennsylvania. And so it's just, it's just so cool. I think they're like a small business, if not family owned. And I absolutely adored the whole process of buying from them. Their website was super easy to navigate. Their, their shipping was fast. They use USPS, which I know I stand that. And it was just so efficient. And I really loved shopping small this Black Friday. This was my only Black Friday purchase. And it is just, well, no, I, I did buy some Peppa Pig figurines for Bobo, but it I don't, I don't count that. That was a necessity. That was Christmas gifts. But when I bought for myself for Black Friday, I, I shopped small and I'm very proud of myself for that because I usually try to, but those flashy, fast fashion just, flashes in my eye and I am always tempted by something sparkly at Target and then I get sad because it doesn't get any use and then it'll probably end up in a landfill which I'm trying really hard not to contribute to landfills this Christmas and I encourage you guys to as well but that is a great segue to go back to my sponsor for this video Anna Luisa remember I have a coupon code to use at their website shop.annaluisa.com and click on the link below in the description and use code KNITTER20, all in caps, to get 20% off your next order. I absolutely guarantee that you will love it. And thank you everybody for watching and I'll see y'all next week. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe.